What If World is supported by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. What if kittens break the clock and Hey there, folks, and welcome back to What If World, the show where your questions and ideas inspire off-the-cuff stories. I'm Mr. Eric, your host, and today we're starting off with a question from a patron named Asher. My name is Asher. My what if question is, what if river snakes were as big as the Mass Pike Highway? Bye. (laughs) Now, I'm from Massachusetts, and for those of you who don't know, the Mass Pike is a really long stretch of highway that goes all the way across Massachusetts. Now let's hear our second question from a listener named Kaylor. My name is Kaylor and I'm eight years old. I'm wondering, what if Kasunkel teamed up with a psychic cobra to take over the world? Oh, psychic cobra? That has such a nice ring. And in the spirit of all things snaky, we're also going to include one review question from Finley S., who writes, What if Fred the dog convinced Kathunkle to retire from evil, and they had to defeat an evil snake dragon with a questionable hairstyle? Wow, we have so much snake stuff to get to. So let's jump right into our story and find out. What if Fred and Kathunkle had to defeat an evil snake with a questionable hairstyle? What if Kathunkle teamed up with a psychic cobra? And what if river snakes were as big as the mass pike? Kathunkle the Colossal Squidipus was closing up the Kathafi shop a little early today when he suddenly remembered why he was closing up the Kathafi shop early today. Oh dear, it's Ain't Bad Tricks Day. What if world's most popular gift-giving holiday, and I haven't gotten anything for my nephew Scully the Squid, said Kathunkle out loud, quite expositorily. But you missed one thing in your description, Kathunkle. The snake in your store hissed a large cobra, who had just poked their head out of an even larger Kathafi mug. Get out of my filthy mug, you snake. I think you mean get out of that mug, you filthy snake. No, your scales are going to rub my filthy mug clean. You'll ruin my triple F health rating. Aren't you the least bit curious why I'm here? You must have misread your calendar. We only serve snake cider on Sundays. No, Kathunkel. I'm here to solve all your problems. You see... I'm a bit psychic. Then you must know what I do to trespassers. Threaten to do horrible things but never actually follow through? Uh, uh, okay, yes. Well, those days are over, Kathunkle. Cause with my help, you can finally take over the world. Oh, I've put that all behind me. But this would be a perfect present. For your nephew Scully. How do you know about my nephew Scully? Well, I'm a bit psychic, like I said. Also, you were just talking about him out loud, even though you thought the cafe was empty. It was a bit strange. Well, I've always said I wanted to give Scully the world. 
I and there's a fringe benefit for you as well. The large cobra slithered out of the mug and all the way up to what would pass for a shoulder on a giant, many-tentacled squid octopus monster and whispered into what would pass for an ear. You see, when you give a gift that extravagant, the gift-getter has no choice but to get you an even better gift next year. Yes, because gift-giving is transactional. That is how you think of gift-giving, yes. So if I give Scully the world, then he'll have to give me the universe. (laughs) Or at least a galaxy or two. Then it's settled. This ain't Patrick's day. We're taking over the world. Meanwhile, in a far-off forest, Fred the dog was sniffing around for a stick as his extra-long tongue dragged along the ground, collecting little bits of dirt and grass as always. I'm so happy that I got a new friend, Princess Stinky, said Fred the dog, though he too appeared to be entirely alone. And what better gift to give to a royal skunk on Aunt Patrick's Day than the perfect stick? said Fred, looking directly at us somehow and completely breaking the fourth wall. But what is Ain't Bad Tricks Day, you might ask? Fred said, continuing to stare at us. Well, it all dates back to some time in some book that I haven't read. But here's something you don't know. Because I don't know it either. Well, thanks, Fred, for catching us up. (laughs) But maybe you should look behind you to investigate that really big sound. Huh? You know, I'm getting pretty old, Mr. Eric. I don't hear so well anymore. Okay, I think I heard that one. And Fred turned around to see a tall green wall that had just appeared behind him, stretching as far as the eye could see. Wow. Maybe this is some kind of special new stick, like from a big tree that got all grown over with moss and warts. And also a family of smelly bears lives in there. I mean, Princess Stinky would really appreciate a stick like that. And Fred started trying to dig out the wall, (laughs) when suddenly it shifted. Ugh. Must be one of those ticklish sticks. Okay, big stick, I'm gonna dig under you again. But if you feel ticklish, please don't roll on top of me. (laughs) And the wall, or stick, or whatever it was, started lifting up off the ground and coiling again and again around itself. Hey, you're not a big green stick at all. Indeed, I am not. My name's Stockbridge the Boston. Pronoun she, her. But you can call me Esther. Esther? No, Esther. Esther. No, like how you'd say Worcester. Worcester. No, that's more like how you would say Dorchester. Duster? That's exactly wrong. Oh, Esther. Now I understand. Good, because I am completely lost. Well, I'm Fred the dog, pronouns he, him, and I know all about this world, especially its holidays, so just ask me anything. Esther bent down to get a closer look at Fred. Her giant snake head was topped with a swoop of hair 
in the shape of an inverted pink Cadillac convertible. Whoa, why'd you have a car for hair? I used to be a toll road known as the Massachusetts Turnpike, but then suddenly I appeared here. I shook all the other cars off me, but seeing as this beauty belongs in a museum, I stuck it up on top of my head. Like a hair museum! Wow! You have a unique outlook on the world, which I appreciate. And you remind me of a giant stick, which I appreciate. So you think you can help me? Because I don't know what's going on. Well, first, I don't know what's going on with your accent. Because my Mr. Eric's from Boston, and no one sounds quite like that. Well, I'm 65 years old, and nobody ever taught me to talk. What do you expect? So you've got a lot to learn. And I need a big stick. So I think that we can help each other, Esther. And Fred the dog started whispering furtively into Esther's ear opening. I don't know why you're whispering. We're the only two here. It's so that Mr. Eric can cut away to a different scene while still leaving some surprises for later. Who's Mr. Eric? Where am I? Whisper, whisper, narrator. Whisper, whisper, what if world. Stop saying whisper. Meanwhile, back at the Kathafi shop, Kathunkel and the psychic Cobra were working on a plan to take over What If World. And once we've stolen every second sock, we knit them into an incredibly large circus tent. Then we just have to send invitations. Okay, I, I have no idea where your plan's going, but I'm afraid me psychic powers have sensed another magic snake in What If World. Even more powerful than I. Hopefully they have a more consistent accent. I'm afraid not. You see, all our accents are entirely made up and poorly executed. If we sound like an actual person, that's probably an accident. Okay, so we just find this super snake and join up with him. Oh no, there's a third snake now. A slimy pink long one. And it's right outside our door. The psychic cobra flared their hood and hissed menacingly. What do we do? How am I supposed to know? I thought you were psychic. My, but it's a third snake. I didn't see this coming. Well, not until about five psychic seconds ago. But that's a long time for me. Kathunkel tucked his massive body into the far corner of the Kathafi shop and reached across timidly with one tentacle to open the door. That's no pink snake. It's Fred the dog's tongue. What's it doing, Kathunkel? I'm scared. I think it's trying to use sign language. Fred, it's like you're trying to sign, but you only have one finger. Why don't we just wait until your body catches up with your tongue? It's changing itself into a shape. Ah, stretchy tongue charades. Now we're talking. Well, uh, ah, you've shaped your tongue into a little cathunkle. Very cute. Uh, and what's that you've shaped next to it? Looks like a snake who's even bigger than you. Much bigger. Oh, dear. Oh, and is that an inverted pink Cadillac convertible that the snake has for hair? That's a nice touch, Fred. Well, yeah, well, yeah. 
Well, don't worry your slimy pink tongue. We were just about to go and team up with this colossal snake. <laughs> now he's forming his tongue into a perfect replica of the observatorium. <laughs> and there's the snake, even bigger than the observatorium, wrapping itself around it. Oh, no, 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 this is not good. <laughs> there's very few actual landmarks in What If World. If they conquer the observatorium... They've pretty much taken over. My psychic powers tell me we don't have much time. Well, duh. That's why I sent my tongue ahead to warn you. Hey, but how could you hear us or see us with your tongue when your body was so far behind? Oh, <laughs> you're gonna laugh when I tell you, because huh? it's so simple. All right, I'll inflate my laughter sack. Oh, no, I, well, well, there's no time to tell you now, because we gotta get going to the thing. No, I'll just make an interdimensional portal after you finish explaining how your tongue can both see and hear. Oh, sure thing, yeah. I'll get right on that. Mr. <laughs> What'd you say there? And a few moments later, they arrived in front of the observatorium <laughs> via an extra-dimensional portal that Cuthuncle had created. Say the rest, Mr. Eric, said Fred, looking right at me again from inside What If World. Say it! And Cuthuncle and the Psychic Cobra were perfectly satisfied by Fred's excellent explanation of how his tongue can see and hear, but apparently not talk or do sign language. Nice. <laughs> Esta had enveloped the entire observatorium with her massive green body and she was banging her Cadillac hair against the door. Tell me how to go home, or at least where the nearest dunks is. And there, poking his head out of a window at the top of the tallest tower, was Abacus P. Grumbler. We don't know what dunks are. Please, just leave us alone. See, about halfway to the observatorium, she started getting really cranky and saying she needs dunks right now. And there was no reasoning with her. I'm gonna squeeze this world into a slightly tinier ball if I don't get some dunks right now. Oh dear, it's the middle of the school day. Scully, my nephew, he may still be in there. I'm using my psychic powers, and it seems like uh, everyone got out. Oh, thank goodness. Except for one wizard. Obviously. And one other student. Well, it's student. If it's one of the ones I don't like, we can tell the snake that they're one of these dunks, you know? It's a brilliant plan, really. It's not like I can see them. I don't have psychic stretchy tongue powers, now do I? Hey, I never said my tongue was psychic. I only implied it. I know, but I'm a new character, and it's just sort of my only thing. Quiet, you two. This goes against my every instinct. But we cannot feed that child to a snake. That goes against your every instinct? Cuthuncle, have you ever considered psychic therapy? It's one of me other powers, Fred. Well, good for you. All right, Fred. I'm going to shrink myself down, and you shall fling me through that open window with your tongue. Then I'll use me psychic powers to guide you towards the child. So you can see where the child is not who the child is. Oh, suddenly everyone's an expert on psychic cobras. Do you want me help or not? Oh, okay, yeah, fine. And Cuthuncle shrunk down to the size of a basketball. A basketball of horrors. Sure. And then Fred flung him through the window. Ow! 
Did I just get struck by a basketball of horrors? Yes. Well, good. I need your help. I've been trying to distract the snake, but there's a student here who I haven't been able to get out. Is it one of the ones I don't like? What? I, why does that matter? Uh, never mind. I'm here. I might as well save them. But beware, Cuthuncle, for I use the last of my magic to conceal the child. They are hidden so deeply that even I cannot divine where they are. You may never find them, unless, of course, you have the help of some kind of psychic reptile, but... Have you checked this closet? Uh, which closet? Though? The one that's shaking, as if someone's stuck inside. Cuthuncle <coughs> opened the door, and out tumbled Zizi. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is all my fault. Very well. Then we feed you to the snake, and all is forgiven. That snake won't be eating anybody. Until my magic fails and it eats all of us. <laughs> I just couldn't figure out what to get for Zack for Ain't Bad Tricks Day. Ah, Ain't Bad Tricks Day. Such an appropriately named gift-giving holiday. Really? I always thought the name rather absurd. Almost as if it was trying to sound like something else. No, Cuthuncle, it makes perfect sense. Rather than playing bad tricks, we show love and forgiveness through thoughtful gift-giving. And you wanted to give your brother the end of the world? Seems more like a bad trick, really. I just remember him saying he likes snakes, but I couldn't find any in What If World. Did you try episode 33, What If Snakes Had Feathers and Birds Had Scales? That was over 200 episodes ago. How is anyone supposed to remember that? So then you snuck into Abacus's office and used forbidden magic to bring snakes over from what is world? Ah, and you fumbled the spell, giving them all superpowers, of course. Why didn't I see it sooner? Cracks were appearing in the walls around them as Esta continued to squeeze through the magic protecting the observatorium. Well, Zizi, you're in luck. If I can't give Scully the world, then I can at least give him an unsquished friend. And Cuthuncle opened a portal from within the observatorium. <laughs> Thank you, Cuthuncle. You have no idea how we go. And pushed Zizi through. Just watch out for the fourth dimension. Seeing through time can be rather disorienting. Uh, Cuthuncle, would you consider saving me as well? You? You're not even Scully's favorite teacher. I'm like the only teacher. It depends on the story, but fine. You won't regret it. But before Cuthuncle could step through his own portal... I immediately regret this. The roof and walls caved in around him. He lost his focus and the portal disappeared, leaving the small, wounded Squidipus alone in the rubble. Oh, ouch. That looks like it hurt. Everybody okay in here? And Esther started sifting through the rubble with her gigantic snake snout. <laughs> you may have defeated me. But you will never take over Whatever World. At least not for more than an episode. Take over what if I don't even know where this place is. I just want to go back to being the Mass Pike. And maybe have a really large regular coffee. Oh, really? Yes. The dog told me I'd find answers at this place. But if anything, I'm more confused. Well, I'm an interdimensional being who happens to own a coffee shop. So... Maybe you are in the right place. Hey, no way. My only problem is I, I don't have any money. It'll be my Ain't Bad Tricks gift to you. 
and Esta helped Cuthuncle out of the rubble, and they all traveled back to the Cuthafi shop together to enjoy a nice, large, hot, regular coffee. You call this a regular coffee? This coffee is still brown! Cuthafi, technically, but... Regular means you add about 16 barrels of milk and enough sugar to fill a truck. I don't have that much. Fine, just get me a chocachino. A what? Oh, I've heard of that. It's a potion made of coffee and hot chocolate. It comes out searingly hot. Burns your throat on the way down. And once it hits your stomach, oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah, I mean, they're delicious. What can I say? Well, I should say to everyone that I'm sorry, said Zizi, who is waiting for her parents to pick her up. Now I've got nothing to give to Zack. But I'm going to disappoint Scully. Oh, I forgot I was going to get something for myself. I mean, Princess Tinky. It doesn't take a psychic cobra to see. That ain't Patrick's day. Isn't about giving a gift for yourself, Fred. Oh. Or only giving a gift so you'll get one better yourself. But wasn't that your idea, psychic cobra? Or giving your brother another dangerous magical pet, Zizi. What? He only has a werewolf, a unicorn, a rocket ship house. I think we've all learned a lesson. That thing under his bed. About giving gifts that come from our blood-pumping sack. Skeleton in his closet. Yeah, I learned a very similar lesson a couple of stories ago, but um, I just forgot. The tiny goblins in his sock drawer. Is someone gonna send me home already? His rock collection. Actually, a stone transformer. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, Fred the dog was our pet for a little while. And JF Cat. No, you will go back to being a highway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Talking chocolate. It's like getting massaged by cars all day. Yeah, the laser puppy. You should try it. Or oh, that fairy that traps us in stories. Sounds nice. His pillow is actually a small town full of hamsters. Don't tell my parents. I come visit anytime. Oh, I will. <laughs> it's got a Cerberus in the attic. A time-traveling train set up, but it is out of batteries. And happy St. Patrick's Day home. And now a psychic cobra. Oh, what's that now? The end. Well, Finley, Kaler, and Asher, thank you for your question. I hope you all enjoyed your story. Folks at home, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash whatifworld. A small gift from you helps us keep going. And you get a lot in return, like our whole back catalog of ad-free episodes, a shout-out on the show, access to mailings, and even some bonus audio. Of course, you could also leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Fred the Dog here to shout-out Sagan. She is six years old. Her favorite character is me. Good choice. And she listens to What If World every night. Well, good night, Sagan. And I'd like to thank Karen O'Keefe, my co-creator, Craig Martinson for our theme song, my associate producer, Miss Lynn, who helped put this story together, and all you kids at home who know that giving can really be better than receiving. You may just think it's a thing grown-ups say, but it's true. And until we meet again, keep wondering. What if world, this is world.